All right. Mm-hmm. Shall we? I guess if you want to, if you think they're they're pining to hear what we have to say. Yeah, they're at least mapling. I hate you so much. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 47 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we're going to be talking about casting. casting. That was our Oprah impression. Yeah, what? (laughs) You get a cast, and you get a cast, and you get a cast. That's if Oprah was a doctor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Off to a smashing start already. I can't wait. All right, but first, Trevor, what are we drinking? We're back to the Coorsies. Um, You know what? It is It is kind of one of those things where it's getting hot out now, and you know what? It's just nice to have an ice cold burr. It is. And, uh, it is yeah. nice. And, it's refreshing. Uh, it's bubbly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just got done with a little foods, and uh, as is right to do, we had an after foods beer while we do our podcast. That's right. Um, so, yes, we are drinking the Coors. We're not complaining one bit. Mm, refreshing. Yes, indeed. Delicious. Um all right. Well, what's new? Oh, yeah, that's one aspect of uh, of our episode that we've poorly planned out. What's new, Trevor? Well, we thought our sale of our equipment was going to be done, and uh, sad no emoji, bueno. sad emoji, thumbs down. Uh, what is it? Turtle circle fart. with <laughs> turtle fart and, uh, and uh, circle with a line through it. Yeah, um, didn't happen. I I can't figure this guy out who said he was going to buy some stuff. Not um, some stuff, all stuff. Yeah, all stuff. I just wonder if he was kind of stringing us along. I don't know. Um, Alex swears he was legit. Um, yeah, I looked we'll him up. About that I looked up his email address. Okay, and I found it on like a call sheet. Okay, of a a real show, a real show, so, real life. Um, so I know he was a real person. Yeah, in the industry. Okay, I feel like what happened though is you know we it's two different perspectives. We have um, we have us coming from the perspective of receiving tons of uh, uh, emails and phone calls and texts from random people on Craigslist mm-hmm. who are questionable in their uh, legitimacy. There you go. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, some people fail to show up. Yeah, that's some a people big one. show up and don't buy anything. Yep. Um, so he wanted to buy everything, which is great. And we held it for him yeah. for about a week. And then he... he I'm going to say he flaked. He flaked. Well, he he didn't, like, ghost us. We That's just true. We just kept pressing him. And I think what happened was he got tired of being pressed, probably because it didn't uh, fit within whatever his time frame was that he was not sharing with us. Um, yeah, that was the annoying part, is that we had no idea what he was thinking. It was like... It was a Thursday he said, hey, no, it was a Wednesday he said, hey, guys, I'm interested. And we said, okay, well, let's meet up tomorrow. Actually, and we, we, we told him the price for everything if we were to sell it individually. And he came back with a price that was much lower than our total price, but was great for us. We were happy with it. And then he's like, all right, Thursday. Then nothing happened on Thursday. And at the end of Thursday, he's like, oh, time got away from me. How about when else can I meet? And I, was, I was like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's like, great. Didn't hear a thing from him. Then I, we, we finally emailed him. He's like, uh, I was going to have to wait till Monday. Great. 
Monday came around, nothing. Then Tuesday came around, and we're like, dude, we, we're, we're, we're turning people down. Um, yeah. And if there's a chance you don't even buy this, like... Yeah, we had at least 12 people. 12 people asked us to buy individual stuff, and uh, we said no, we we're trying to sell it all, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Luckily, when we reopened the floodgates, woo, they came with trickling back. We already got six people there coming. I know one person just said they're coming in 15 minutes. Oh, God, no way. <laughs> what? So if we have to pause... Uh, I'm sorry. There's no editing. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a long 45 minute. <laughs> just a, just a dead space where you, you'll hear us in the background, uh, making a sale. Yeah. Who is this person? Because we don't have any messages from them. I know they must've emailed us and then I don't know. Oh, uh, maybe it's Dave or is it Ama? I don't know. Don't know. All right. Well, don't we'll see. know. Should we pause right now? I mean, yeah. I mean, before we get it, is there anything else that's new? Uh, well, let's see. What else is new? We're still working on our, our slate. We're trying to pare it down. Um, we're, we have one person who's looking at some investors for us, and we're going to try and get them to maybe just invest in one movie rather than the slate. Because um, yeah, we realize that the slate is ambitious. Yeah, we're flexy. Uh, flexy Beeble. Uh, flexy Bieber. Um, and so that is basically where we're at. Um, we're working on some other stuff, but mostly it's the sale now. The sales are a big thing. And Oh, but what else is new? We just ordered a GH5S. That's right. So we're pretty stoked about that, which is supposed to be uh, to us tomorrow. That's right. Uh, we use some of the proceeds from our uh, our current sale. Our current sale, and to uh, purchase that, thanks to Panasonic for giving us the corporate discount. Yeah, appreciate that. Love it, love it. We're, we're Panasonic for ride or die, love Panasonic. But uh, so we have the GH5S coming. Pretty excited. We got to get a lens for it, but uh, that's going to be our B cam. Going to pair nice with the V35. Yeah. Now we're de- debating: do we go primes or <sighs> zoom? Uh, now that the Vedras primes Vedras aren't got available anymore. Stolen and. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. There aren't really a whole lot of, uh, micro four thirds options yeah. other than like maybe CP threes, which are really expensive, super expensive. Uh, but we, expensive. I found a, uh, a couple lenses. There's the Fujinon MK mm, that uh, one looks zoom sexy. lenses that are soon to be natively in, um, micro four thirds, mm-hmm. but you can currently buy it an E-mount and then adapt it. Um, wait, man. I there's also wait. a couple Tokina ones, but they don't have the range, and they're not parfocal. There's a whole lot of strange things about them, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the uh, Fujinon Zoom. Dude, I'm with you on that, man. The Fujinon Zoom looks uh, muy bueno. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I always make fun of the... Um, the the cameras that are super small that have a giant lens on them and you kind of like the camera almost gets lost in the cage that you build around it yeah um, this is gonna be that case absolutely but, uh, but that's fine I don't care uh, give me 4K with that uh, that Fujinon all day all day all day so that's basically it. we're gonna buy some tripods and stuff like that we made some money with our sale yeah. um, and we're just slowly bu- replacing equipment that we sold um, and rebuying um, so yeah we're uh, we're stoked we're gonna be uh, be uh, streamlining our operations here so we can pack it all into our two cars and shoot a feature if we want to absolutely uh, so we're gonna take a little break real quick so, hold on means we'll probably have another beer by the time we get back but uh, we gotta go sell some stuff this person just kind of jumped up on us all right all right we'll see you guys in a little bit later and we're back and you guys didn't even realize we were gone did you wow That's the power of editing yeah. We it's been four days since we recorded the first part. Four days since we've <laughs> last seen another human. Yeah, we've been surviving on beer and Cafe Rio, mm-hmm. uh, but it's been a delicious, delicious, delicious survival and prison. <laughs>
Um, all nice, right, I'm so, glad. I'm glad that that's what life would be <laughs> trapped in a, in a box with me would be. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, have so, you talked to my wife or something? <laughs> yeah, um, I have. So let's move on to the main topic. So we sold some stuff, guys. Just a little side note. We sold some stuff, you know, yeah. here and there. Some nibs and knobs, as they say. So that's new. No one says that, but that's new. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, what is it, Horrible Bosses? Like, I like to bend her over a barrel and show her the 50 states. What's that? What's that? It's a saying. No, it isn't. Yeah, people say it. I'm going to just start making say. I'm going to start making phrases up yeah. here. Um, okay, but um, on to... Uh, the topic at hand. The topic at hand. Casting. I can't believe we haven't talked about casting yet. I know. Um, we've. I think we've mentioned it mentioned in previous it. ones, okay. but we're going to do a whole episode on it, guys. A whole wow. episode. Wow. You are going to be blown away by how little we know about casting. Yeah, you are. Like, um, well, Trevor and I are experts because we were the sole <laughs> people in charge of cast. Well, that's not true, okay, because the director eventually came in, but... Um, for the first round, yeah. it was just Trevor and I, we were the producers and, um, we were in charge of casting, Bad both, mistake. both, um, prepping the casting and getting people to submit and yep. also sitting in on the first round of auditions, narrowing it down yep. for callbacks when the director would come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that pretty much sums it up very well. Good job. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, we were we kind of had the whole deal with uh, with uh, with the casting for the daughter. And it, you know, it it all depends. Again, as we said before, it's project, uh, project to project based. It's like how you're dealing with it. If you have a smaller budget, you know, you're going to get in the debate of cast using a cast or using friends. Um, me and Alex yeah. have always kind of relied on friends for our earlier stuff um, because... Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where a lot of the people we cast were also filmmakers, but also liked acting. So it was one of those things where if you act in mine, I'll act in yours, and then we'll do yeah, that. Especially in school. Especially that's in school. What, that's yeah. what we did. And then later on, um, I started dating an actress. Oh. And we... You started dating an actress? You mean your wife, the one you married? Yeah. yeah, she's now my wife, but I started dating her, and then all of a sudden it opened up new uh, avenues to meet actors because she was in an acting class, which had a pretty strong community of actors who were also like, you know, some of them are budding filmmakers trying mm-hmm. to get out, but the, a lot of them are just trying to get out there and do stuff, but they're all really good so. and really down for doing things really like, like doing very things. like you know they're willing to give up the thing with, with with when we were in school is that most of the time the people that would be willing to give up their weekends would be other filmmakers to act in your stuff because they know the struggles of finding actors who are in you know in school and don't want to give up their weekends yeah um, and they just want to make stuff and when you're doing it on the super low budge budge um, another phrase that people say. It's not a phrase. Um, <laughs> you can just say um, things. <laughs> Actually, that's how it works, isn't it? That's how phrases are made. Um, no. But when you're when you're uh, you know on, in a low budget situation, a lot of the times you're going to ask people to do it for no pay during their free time, and you want to find people who are passionate about uh, just acting, um, or necessarily not just acting, but your project. And, you know, that is one way to get a cast. Yes. But then, as you move on up, it's no longer asking favors. You have a little budget. You can start, you know, paying. Uh, do we say SAG? You start paying SAG rates, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could start paying for people that well, you I may mean, not SAG know. SAG minimum for, for a lot of 
uh, the lower budget con- and you need a contracts is zero dollars. There you so, go. Nailed it. We could afford that. Deferred one hundred and fifty or something. But yeah. Um, but so, uh, so what is the process? What does the process look like for let's say, let's say you no relation like like we did for the daughter. You don't know them. You don't. You're not using any actors in main roles that you know yep. that you've worked with before. Um, that you have any connection to in any way, shape, or form. Right. So complete strangers. Strangers. Um, so danger, strangers. It's going to be slightly different depending on where you're located. If you're in kind of like a larger area, mm-hmm. you can use um, what is called, you know, actors access or or a service yeah. like that. We'll yeah. talk some more about those. Um, yeah. But those are only available to actors in certain regions. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you might be using like Craigslist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or other you know job boards, but the first step for any of them is to create uh, breakdowns for each of the characters. Yeah, and and so this is where you know we have said before in the past that it's you could kind of do film anywhere, especially when you're in the low budget and stuff like that. Um, but when it comes to having a good uh, group of actors at your disposal, a good pool to pull from, L.A., New York. Chicago, um, Hotlanta, Hotlanta, now especially Va- Vancouver, Vancouver, Austin. Those are kind of the New hubs. Orleans. New Orleans. Those are kind of the hubs of anywhere. There's a strong theater scene. You'll usually find a really good crew. Minneapolis, Minneapolis. There is uh, there is a really good theater scene in Minneapolis. So don't knock it. Uh, you could actually find hey, a lot I'm of good. The one yeah, I know. I think you said it sarcastically, <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, the first step, Alex, is. I said it, creating a breakdown. I want you to repeat it because I cut you off. Oh, okay. For the rubber so, dub dub dub. That's another phrase. Um, <laughs> I'm going to piss somebody so, off this episode. Creating a breakdown yeah. um, is extremely important. It's difficult. It's time consuming. So what you have to do is um, read the entire script, mm-hmm. uh, know all the characters, yep. and create basically like a little paragraph description of the most important parts you want a person um, like traits, whether they're yeah, uh, emotional, physical, or whatever, uh, that they need to bring to the character because it's part of the script. Yeah, everything else I would say leave out if it's not important to the script. Yeah. Leave it general so that uh, you don't narrow it too too much and like leave out some great actors who can bring their own thing to it. Yeah, and I say that because um, I I really focus on this because one thing is um, I have a great story. Uh, this and you know it's kind of funny because we just shot an episode of uh, Larry King now about inclusion about actors who are such a great story. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting to it. Okay, the dingling is gonna come out. Of the back. I, just, wow. I gotta stop this. Um, no, uh, so we just shot an episode about inclusion with uh, Larry uh, for Larry King now about actors with disabilities. Uh, you know, like the son in Breaking Bad or the deaf black man in uh, Baby Driver. Um, and how, like, people, one, yes, if you have somebody, if you, your character has a disability, uh, you know, maybe hire somebody with that disability. But even still, if the, if the breakdown doesn't say anything about anything that, about not having a disability or, like, that they need to do something that a disabled yeah. person can't do, why not consider a disabled person? But the story I was coming to is, uh, I don't know if you've heard this one, Lethal Weapon. They were casting that. They already had um, Mel Gibson. And they were testing out all these white actors for rigs. And they were mm-hmm. going through the process. And then the casting director, it was either the casting director or one of the producers 
or maybe even the director, somebody higher up there said, wait a second, why are we only casting white guys? There's nothing in the script and there's nothing in the breakdown that says it has to be white guys. Why are we only bringing white guys in? And they're like, holy shit, you're right. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't invite everyone to audition for this. So they invited, um, uh, you know, Danny Glover and Danny Glover got the part. They they yeah. opened the audition. One of the greatest uh, on screen duos of all time. God, I will I will second so that. Good. So that's the thing is like actually I mean similar story but for the youngsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same exact thing happened with the latest season of True Detective. Really, the Mahershala Ali part was uh, written, I believe, for a white guy. Okay, and then they Mahershala came in and was like. Check this out, blam! And then we're like, "Oh my god, so good!" And Damn then, it, we look like idiot, racist idiots. Yeah, and then they cast him. Oh uh, yeah, and I mean, it's that's why the breakdown, like Alex said, the breakdown leave out things that aren't super important to the role. Like maybe you know, maybe some of the dialogue in Lethal Weapon with Riggs's family, and maybe some of the dialogue in True Detective with Mahershala Ali's family changed. Um, just due to the race of the actor, but for the most part, it doesn't matter. Like that. Yeah, role, and if you find a great actor, it's worth yeah. sort of like re- reworking the script a yeah, little bit. Exactly, and so um, that's why if you're not too super specific, um, you know, me and Alex have this script for a horror film that's an ensemble of a bunch of like twenty somethings, and it was like, well, it really doesn't matter what race they are. So yeah, let's just put the breakdown, the, the traits that they have, and everything like that. Asian, black. Uh, Hispanic, white, it doesn't matter. And so if you if there's no reason that they have to be a specific race, don't put it in. Just don't put the things in that aren't necessary to the Same character. Same with gender. Yeah. If, it, if it's not, if it doesn't have to be a man or a woman, why not just leave it, Yeah. you know? And hate to break you guys, we're in the 21st century, so if it says the character's husband, could still be a man or a woman. So word. don't be stupid. Word, um, word, word. Um, but, so I think... The one thing you do need to do is have a grasp of the story <laughs> and um, make sure that the breakdown is clear enough um, to get whatever you need to get out of the actor uh, from the breakdown. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the main thing you have to worry about. Uh, but you want it to be short and sweet. You don't want to have like five paragraphs of yeah. character description. Uh, it needs to be like a, a short paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do that for your, every character that you're casting. And that's kind of step one of the process. Do you have yep. anything to add about the breakdown experience? I would say, um, you know, like you said, the traits, emotional and all that, make sure you are very clear on the traits if they're important to the character. Cause you want those, you want an actor to come in, uh, during the audition and really be able to like, say the person is like quick to anger. Well, you you know, obviously you're going to choose a side that shows the anger, but if they don't know specifically how quick they are to anger or that they are quick to anger, um, they're not going to show that in the audition. And you're going to be like, well, that was disappointing. Um, so be very clear on what you're looking for in the character and what kind of range of emotions you're going to have to show because they're going to want to show that during the audition to show they could do that for the entire movie. Yeah, and then also don't, um, don't leave things out that you think might um, deter an actor, you know? For example, if if you know that you have nudity, don't hide the fact that yeah. you have nudity and then ask them in the audition because a lot of people aren't okay with that and so you've wasted their time by not letting them know up front. Also, don't if don't try to oversell your project. Like if you're making a $100,000 uh feature, mm-hmm. 
let them know it's a hundred thousand dollar feature. Like you don't want people to come in, come in thinking that they're auditioning for like a twenty million dollar movie because you've made it seem that way. Yeah. Through your descriptions in the breakdown and stuff like that of your project. Now, this is a very good question pertaining to the daughter. Did we have in the breakdown? I don't remember. There is a scene that when we were uh, uh, for Dina, that it was there's a rape scene. Did we put yeah. that in the breakdown? Um, I have no idea, but it, there was no nudity involved. Yeah, but you still you want to let them know. Like, I mean, if yeah. an actress is, has dealt with that, they may be traumatized and come in, and you're asking them to. I believe actually that was one of the audition I think scenes. That's, yeah, I think that was the scene. It didn't go into two graphics, but it was mostly just like brushing against their shoulder and all that yeah. and, and everything like that. Um, and in all honesty, we've never done an audition where there's nudity in the film, so. I don't think I would ever – I would say there was nudity. I would tell the actress there was nudity in the film, but unless there was a specific reason, I wouldn't ask people to like take off your shirt in an audition. To derobe? No, because like that is kind of – like that just makes it seem like you just want to see a bunch of naked chicks in an audition because there's no real reason. Like – that's true. I mean, like I, I that just screams casting couch to me, and I don't think I'd ever ask somebody to disrobe in. Yeah, unless I mean, you have very specific. Yeah, it's needs. like it's like the. Uh, do you ever see that Friends episode where Joey goes to an audition? They ask him to be uncircumcised, so he tries yeah. out all the different lunch meats and silly yes. putty and all that. Yes, exactly. Like there, there might be a reason you need to disrobe, but for the most part, that yeah. you don't need the actress or actor to disrobe during the the audition because you you know what they may be comfortable doing it on a set with three people. You know, some actresses ask for the entire set to be clear except for the essentials, but they may not enjoy it, especially in our situation for the daughter where we were taping the auditions to show the director because he couldn't be there on the first day. They might not be comfortable with being disrobing in front of a camera. Yeah, now with all them intro nips around that are spreading crazy images and stuff. Uh, But also I'd say uh, from what I've seen my wife experience uh-huh. if there's nudity uh, a lot of times what they'll do is say is ask them to wear a bathing suit just so they can sort of see um, you know their figure or the, the the body or whatever without being like fully nude i guess that's that's fine that's fine you know, yeah, yeah I, I, get know. It. I get it and most of the time nudity is going to usually be uh pasties on the nipple so it's not really totally nudity so you don't really need to get them nude plus a nudity uh, rider holla okay <laughs> um so next up is now you gotta now you gotta hold the audition so now you gotta um figure out a place that you want to you know sometimes you have to rent it out um, other times you can, you know, find a place that, uh, can, will let you use it for free, especially like, you know, if you know friends who are a part of an acting studio, uh, you may be able to get them to pull you a favor and have the auditions held there. Yeah. Um, but there's also, yeah, uh, really great services like peer space mm-hmm. is one. There's a few of them out there, but basically it's kind of like Airbnb for commercial properties. And again, I think it kind of is location dependent. I don't know exactly where they are, but, um, if you're if you happen to be in a, a spot where they have uh locations it's usually by the hour sometimes there's a minimum so um you know it could be 50 bucks an hour hell places that are even for rent there are websites that that are for um like locations for film shoots and if so somebody's throwing up their their a location they have for a film shoot that means they're okay with people going there and some places places don't have a minimum of how long you have to be there so you can rent out like a house for a day for like 200 bucks and just hold the auditions there. 
Yeah. Um, Same with, um, I mean, photo studios often yep. rent by the hour. That's true too. Yeah. Um, there's, you can get conference rooms by the hour sometimes. Um, when we yeah. did it for the daughter, we still had connections to USC and they let us use the, uh, one of the theater, uh, rooms for the theater program. Yeah. Uh, we the did classroom. that. The classroom. Uh, but now what's kind of popular and it's a lot more popular is just taping yourself. Everyone has a camera phone usually and taping yourself and sending it in. Yeah. And actually it, it just makes so much sense. So much more sense. To me. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I have, I have thoughts about the audition and casting process in general. Tell me more. Well, I just think it's kind of a foolish way of going about it because um, you're you're asking a an actor uh-huh. to do a scene, uh-huh. to do one side of a scene. Yeah. You're filming one side of a scene and then playing it back, which is not how scenes go. No. So you as like the person casting and the director and the producer and all that have to look at that and and decipher if they're good actors in a situation that's not similar to what they just did. Yeah, yeah. And this is why it's a, a very um, common practice now these days. If you get an actor that you really like, an actor or an actress, you bring in like five of your finalists for a, a role opposite and do chemistry. A chemistry read. read. Chemistry read. Yes. And most people think that a chemistry read is for like love connections and all that. No, it's just to see like, you know, if, if say... You know, you have two characters that are best friends, two guys, and you got an actor and you want to see how well they get along with the person you're going to cast for the opposite role of his best friend. You probably want a chemistry read to, like, see how they interact. Like, if they hate each other, it's probably not going to play well on screen. True. But also, not only that, um, it's... You want them to be able to read off another actor mm, that they're mm-hmm. standing next to mm-hmm. in a scene. Yeah. Because, it again, it's like, it's not the same walking into a room and seeing a person sitting behind the table who's supposed to be right in front of you, um, acting, you know, opposite them while looking into a cam- straight into a camera that they are also not behind. I mean, it's just so weird. This is, this gives me a great example of and this. This is like, there's, there's so many great examples of this because the audition process in L- in Hollywood, Hollywood, but in, you know, the entertainment industry is just so, ridiculous that they make fun of it so much reminds me of barry where uh where (laughs) harry it's uh henry winkler he like walks into a room it's a green screen with the camera he walks in he says i can't believe how low these prices are and then he does one more he's like okay another reading i can't believe how low these prices are Thank you. And he walks out. And that's it. (laughs) He gives two options and then he walks away. And it's like, that is, that is it. Like, that is, that's how much it is. It's just direct to camera, look at them, give your, your reading of the part and then (laughs) walk away. Yeah. Uh, So. And then I think um, with, with virtual Mm -hmm. uh, casting, first of all, the actor has the option to retake as many times as they want. Exactly. Which um, is great because people get nervous at the casting process. Yeah, and also um, they have they just feel more comfortable in general because they're doing it on their own terms. And um, I think you know if you have friends who have some skills, yeah, you can make it look a little bit more like what it's supposed to look like. So that you can get an idea of what it's going to be like in reality instead yeah. of being in like a white room. Yeah. Like, um, you know, echoey white room or something. Do you know, do you remember uh, Nooch's friend Bertrand? 
big tall mm, yeah. redhead. He's this big tall redhead. I mean, I'm like six six four or something like that. And he has for a while he just had like a normal beard like yours, but then he grew like a full on like uh, Game of Thrones beard. Yeah. And so he went up to the Angeles National Forest when there's so much snow up there and he had a friend with a red and they and he, he rented a full on Viking like uniform and he shot like a monologue up there. Yeah. Just to show people. And it's like that is cooler than just doing it in a room. My God. Yes. And he kill and it, and it looks awesome. And it's natural snow, it's not green screen or anything like that. But that being said, um it's also one of those things where the audition is just how well you can connect with them as a character. Because if you're doing your due diligence, the people you kind of like, you'll look at the real and see what they could do in, in an actual setting like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is so hard to get a feeling from just their audition. I mean, I'm going to be honest, and this is a story I continue to sell, to say um, when it came to the audition, uh, I, it was all uh, Alex and the writer-director were all for Alex's future wife. I was not. Um, luckily they, uh, overruled me and she got the part and it worked out fantastic. And I'm, and I, I can't say I'm responsible for Alex, uh, having a wife, but, uh, the audition is just a a, a weird thing, especially when you have a lot of people looking at audition is all making the decision because some people like it, some people won't. And it's hard to say. Yeah. And it's also, it comes down to a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, another reason I don't like just casting in general it's mm-hmm. like you know a lot like we were talking about with the breakdowns and uh eliminating people that you know why why are they eliminating those people um sometimes it comes down to like is the girl taller than the guy yeah or whatever and like and they're like okay well that girl's too tall I'm like what are you talking about <sighs> um that kind of stuff bugs me yeah um But anyway, I think when it comes to running your own auditions, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good to have both options. Um, Let people submit online if they want to. Let people come in if they want to. There is something about coming in and meeting people um, for experienced actors who can who know how to audition because yeah. to me it's like it's an art form. They have audition classes. Skill. You can take classes on how to audition. Yeah. so it can be a, a good experience in that way. And you can have like the real connection with the people mm-hmm. that you're reading with yeah, um, and stuff like that. And also get direction. So that's an, uh, one thing you can't get in the virtual audition is instant uh, feedback from the director to do a take two. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's so, so right. And another reason that virtual is getting more and more uh, popular is because after you figure out the location and the actors you want to bring in, you have to schedule the auditions. So you have to work within their schedule. Yeah. You have to it's sit around. the whole deal. I mean, we had auditions the first day when it was just me and Alex. We were sitting there for f- six hours. And how many auditions do we have? My God. I can't even remember. We did it. We scheduled it every 15 minutes. Yeah. And it just, we, we were sitting around most of the time. Yeah. Because people didn't show. Sure. Or, and stuff like that. So, it, it it virtual is kind of the way to go because if you're scheduling auditions then you do it every 15 minutes so the person has time to come in they have time to uh, talk to you they have time to do the uh, do the their their take on the the role and then you give them if you like what they did the first time you give them direction to make sure they can take direction yeah and that is kind of about 15 minutes yeah and what you find in, ends up happening is um, you get certain times that are really light because people don't show up, but then they'll show up late 
uh, at a different time, and you have like the the popular times that are just slammed with people. Yep. Back to um, back, and then they're trying to get out and go to the next one. It's like a whole thing. And uh, you also need like multiple people. You know, you need someone at the door uh, yep. signing people in. Uh, otherwise, it's like a free for all, and you can't have that. You got to have like a system in mm-hmm. place where people can walk in, yep. get on a list, yep. so there's an order. Uh, otherwise, there will be some some fists thrown. Yeah, especially if you don't have anybody who uh, is at the door, you'll be in the middle of audition. Especially if the room is very well uh, soundproofed, and somebody will just open the door. Sure, and they like, don't know what to do. They don't know what to do, and they don't know if this is the right room. There's no window, so they can look in and that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'd say at the very least, and what we did because it was just me and Trevor on the first day. Yeah, uh, was put a sign up that says. Sign in here, and we will sit your ass you down. In. Yeah, sit your ass down. We'll come get you. Exactly. Stop being all crazy. Um. So yeah, 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 yeah. And so it almost is like <laughs> the more and more we do it. Well, not only do you need people for calling people in, but then you need readers. You need yeah. somebody to sit there and read lines. And for the most part, they're not actors. Right. You want to. You would. You should get someone who's an actor. Yeah. In theory, because. In theory. Uh, because the actors are going to work better off of them. They're, you know, they're actually going to give them things to feed from and like make their performances better and all that kind of stuff. Get impromptu chemistry read, Alex. Was like we were saying yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. And but alternatively, if you have someone who's just like flat reading the lines, terrible, uh, then you're going to you know perhaps damage their potential performance and, and like their, what it their could confidence be. and their confidence. And, and that's another thing that people make fun of is just like this. Yes, I love you. And yeah. it's just like this flat, monotone reader, and they're like, oh, son of a... This so doesn't good. help me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, these are all things that you have to worry about if you're doing a physical audition. And that's and why... you have also someone behind the camera if you are if you are taping it. Yeah. So there's potentially a lot of people that you need uh, to do an actual audition. And the more people you have that are just sitting there staring at an actress or an actor... who. Isn't maybe is amazing at act like is amazing at their skill, but aren't really good at auditioning. Which you know you hear from people like, oh, I'm really good in class, but I suck at taking tests. That kind of thing. You have six pair of eyes staring at you when you're doing an audition, and you are already not confident because you get nervous. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's just gonna screw you up even more. I'm pretty sure uh, Robert De Niro has claimed that he's a terrible auditioner. Yeah, and look I, at him. I believe it. I mean, it's it's not easy. Yeah, and it is its own thing. It's not like just it's not like acting. No, not at all. It's, uh, it's, on on camera, it's totally different. Yeah, so somebody could be great, a master performer, but when they get in the audition room, they just they just clam up because yeah, they don't know what to do. They don't know the to, tricks. Yeah, they need to feed off people. They need to. Their training. It, it all depends on your training. If your training is to feed off people and to feel the energy in the room, I mean, anything one thing could go wrong and just throw you off your game. And um, like we said, taping like a camera pointed right at you gets people nervous sometimes. Yeah. Even if you're even if you're auditioning to be in a movie or a TV show, a camera pointed right at you, especially in this day and age when it's like, what's going to happen with this tape? It's yeah, yeah. Is this going to end up on YouTube? Well, also, um, so just a little tip. I think it's a good idea to create an email address specifically for the audition oh, process. This is for um, actors now. No, no, I'm joking, no, I'm joking. no. Definitely. We don't talk about actors in this one. This is for um, you, the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you make an email address that's like uh, Prison Ghostbusters the movie <laughs> at gmail.com. Wait, 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 wait! Don't give away a horror film. I know. Come on. Um, 
Uh, and um, so you make that Gmail address so that when... 18th Century Ghostbusters, the movie, at uh, Gmail. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you sign up for like these platforms we're going to talk about next, mm-hmm. uh, and you start getting submissions, it's not... It's all going to the same place. It's not getting buried in other emails that are your personal emails or your business emails. You can easily um, organize it with labels on like, yes, no, yep. rejection, like, let's rethink this. You can... Um, star things you can search for things inside there and find it you know what i mean so it's just a a way to organize um that type of stuff especially if you're doing multiple platforms if Mm -hmm. you've got if you're going on like actors and access oh easy there don't give away the next section and you post a craigslist you're gonna get like direct submissions through craigslist but on actors access you're gonna get notifications about submissions exactly you're gonna have to go through it in the platform anyway on to the next speaking of platforms which oh before we go move on to platforms um you know uh, most places that are doing live, you know, in-person auditions are also doing uh, taping them because other people want to see it. And sometimes we'll talk about this later. Uh, if it's a casting director and the director's not even involved in the audition process, they're they're going to send those tapes to the director and say, "Hey, these are our five finalists." And the director, if they're big enough, aren't even in the room or don't ever see the direct the actor in uh, in, in person. person. Yeah. And so they have to send the tape. So most of the time, you're going to have to bring a camera. It's true. Tape it. Actually, I was going. It's a good point to bring up. If you're in the LA area, and I would assume the New York area, uh-huh. they have s- specific facilities geared towards casting. There's a lot of them in LA. That's true. Um, yep. And they just have little rooms, whatever you rent them out. But also what they do, which I didn't know this, it's fascinating to me. But I was talking to someone that I know who uh, participates in the coordination of auditions. You can sleep there for five dollars a night. Yes. Oh wow! It's like one of those Japanese uh, closets. <laughs> closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Um, Continue. They have a camera in the room, and that's it. But oh, you're behind like. But they have a feed running out to a different room, where there's directors, mon- uh, producers looking at monitors. Um, and then they can speak directly to the camera operator to ask for any like adjustments or anything. That seems kind of weird. It's a little weird because it's, it's it's it does one thing that I think is interesting in that as a direct or the relationship between like the director and actor in that you're not going to be seeing the actor in person. Uh-huh. It's not like a theater production, right? Uh-huh. So as the director, you would probably want to see them on a monitor to see how they look on camera. That's right? true. Yes, yes, yes. So that makes sense. That does. But again, you have the reel to look at. But it's just relying on this cameraman. Now, if they are like, you know, career cameramen. They are trained for 15 minutes yeah, I was before say. they go in. But if they if they are, you know. They, they do are this, given a pamphlet? Yeah, on how to direct actors. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. It's like a camera guy has to relay what he's saying. And it's just kind of, it seems just cold and just yeah. kind of like even worse of an audition. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. That that could have been only one uh, spot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. But um, I, 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 I do wouldn't know, be surprised. That's I do know there's the other facilities out there that utilize all sorts of new fangled technology. Um, robots. Robots and tablets yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So on to platforms. Where you can find your actors. We mentioned Actors Access. I think that's probably one of the biggest like nationwide ones. Mm-hmm. They're linked up with Breakdown Services, which is the same company or whatever that sends out like the, 
the legit Hollywood movie yeah. and TV series uh, info to agents and stuff. Yep. Uh, but Actors Access is for anyone. Uh, any actor can sign up for a profile. They create their profile, put their headshots up, um, add their resume and all that. And then a filmmaker, any filmmaker can add their project. It doesn't matter whether it's union or not or paying or not. Yep. Um, you do have to submit and interact with a real person who sort of screens everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they help you, you know, make it the best it's or how it's, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and then from there you start getting submissions in the back end, which you'll just see an array of just hundreds of headshots and they have, <laughs> wing, 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 yeah, they have their own system where you can sort of like star them and rate them like, with five stars, four stars, or whatever, yeah. and um, and uh, you can look at the reels in mm-hmm. there. And if you do want to do uh, virtual uh, submissions, you can do them in Actors Access as well yep. as an additional service. Yep. Um, do you do you know? I've, it's been a while since I've been an Actors Access. Can you still? As a director or somebody who has is in charge of a producer in charge of a project, just browse the list of actors and like search based I don't on think your criteria. So. Okay, so they have to submit to you. Yeah, you can't just be like, you know what? I'm looking for a woman who's under five eight with mousy brown hair. Yeah. Okay. I don't think okay. so. Okay. okay. Not that I know. Of. That'd be very helpful. That would be. Yeah. Um. So get on it, Actors Access. So, in addition to Actors Access, there's LA Casting. Yep. Which I'm assuming is LA only. But yeah, I, I don't know. I would I think so. Know for I sure mean, that'd be me. pretty dumb if it was only LA. Like the name brand, like it's like um, LA Fitness is all over the country. Right. It might um, be. It might be LA Fitness's casting department. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for all their commercials. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that. Let's see. It's San Francisco, the UK, and Australia. Look at that. So it is US. So it's just. It's it's part of what they call casting networks, and so there's. LosAngelesCasting.com, SanFranciscoCasting.com, CastingNetworks.co.uk, CastingNetworks.com.au, and CastingNetworks.com, which is all of the U.S. But they have one specific for L.A. casting. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then there's Casting Frontier, which is kind of a newer one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Mandy.com, which is where you can find film gigs as well as acting voiceover and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. IMDb actually has casting notices. Of course they do, now that they're owned by um, Amazon. And, you know. Yeah. You can post it up. You can submit. It's yeah. all kind of the same. I mean, and, and IMDb helps you also. I would, you know, I would recommend looking into it because if you're posting it up in IMDb, it makes like a page for your for your, your movie. Um, sure. And I so think, I, I think Maybe it does. Not. I, I, think, th- I think you can submit uh, a project that doesn't even have an IMDb page. Mm. Uh, but I think an option is to make an IMDb page, which a lot of you know people look at as like a sign of legitimacy. Sure. Um, except you sent me one the other day that showed no signs of legitimacy, even though None. it was IMDb. None. <laughs> um, um, yeah. If you're an actor in LA, your manager and agent will probably make you yeah. get an Actors Access LA Casting and Casting Frontier yep. account. And then there's always Craigslist. Uh, yeah, Craigslist is. <sighs> It's Creep City, man. Okay, I love Craigslist for many things. Yep. Um, even jobs. Yep. You know, but man, is casting ultra sketchy on Craigslist. It's anything that's human interaction is super sketch. Um, I, I've done it. 
as a former actor, I've gone on the the Craigslist auditions, and you know, I guess look at it this way: like if they don't, um, if they can't afford to be on actors, like there's some things you just have to put up for if you are putting on a movie that even if it's no budget. Yeah. And so if it's not well, actors access is free for yeah. for filmmakers. Um and so you have to pay a, a thing for Mandy. Um Yeah. Um and you have to put I think you have to pay for casting for Tear. I don't know, it's too new for me. I haven't really yeah, used it that know. much. Um but Craigslist if they're just throwing out free ads, that's oof, that's rough. It's, it's like it's like those posters you see all over town where it's like work from home and make $758 a week. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Here's the number. Um, I feel like you, you're better off going with one of the real ones, first of all, because you're going to get... Better actors. Better actors. You're going to get... It's going to be organized in a way that's beneficial to you in your process. You're not mm-hmm. going to be sifting through yep. a ton of crazy emails from people. Yeah, like, um, like Steve, who wants to be an actor, but yeah. doesn't know how to do it, but he just looked on Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's definitely worth it, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's not that much work to get it up and running. It's really not. Yeah. Um, and I do believe it's free for most of them because the way they make their money is from getting the hopes actors, and dreams of actors. Uh, to pay for it. Yeah. And because that's the case, they want as many projects that's on true. as possible. I, I guess you're right. Yeah, that does make sense. I know Mandy have to pay, but Casting Frontier, I haven't used it, so I don't know if legitimately if it's – I thought it was some money, but I don't know if that's true. But uh, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, and there's other ways to find great actors. Um, one of them is to go to performances. Now, this is very true in New York. L.A. is is like bashed for its bad theater scene. It's not really that bad. Don't let people no, tell you otherwise. Uh, you can find some really great plays here, local plays. You know, you're going to see your traveling Broadway shows, and those probably, those people are probably already locked in with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you want to get their things going on. Yeah, they, you want the local theater scene. Um, that's one reason Alex brought up. I don't know if that's the reason he did. Uh, um, Minneapolis, because Minneapolis has the third most theater seats per capita behind uh, New York and Chicago. Uh, so there's always theater going on there. Um, it's actually funny is uh, I was in uh, a play one summer, The Music Man, and one of the women who was in it uh, auditioned for a like NFL Sunday like like a 15-minute film that went before the game of the week for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And so um, – you know, it, 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 it happens. Um, and so you, you go look at, uh, go to performances, go to, uh, you know, something in the vein of what your script is, uh, you know, go to a, a comedy. Uh, we just had Rita Wilson on, yeah. um, and her famous story. She went to a one woman show, my big fat Greek women with Nia Vardalis and she saw it. It was amazing. She asked to meet with her after they had dinner or lunch or coffee, uh, wine, uh, cocaine. I don't know. Um, and she said, "Oh my god, I'd love to make this into a movie." She's like, "I have a script." Threw the script, threw the script down, and she had Rita Wilson uh, on board to produce it. So it's like, there yeah. you go. Like, how awesome is that? Super awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd say another way is taking classes. Um, I know, for example, the theater company that. Uh, my wife was going to, they offer classes for directors too. Yeah. Uh, and you work with all the actors. You're in the same class as the actors, mm-hmm. uh, but you're kind of putting up scenes in a different way because you're directing instead yeah. of acting. Um, but that's a great way to mm-hmm. to meet actors and see who you like in person, like as, as people, friends, um, collaborators, and actors. So it's like a, a really good way, I think, to go about that. And there's a reason that... 
you tend to see the same actors in directors' movies time after time is because they work with them once and they continue to work with them because they just love them so much. They really like them. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion in most of Wes... uh, Wes Anderson? No, I was going to say Wes Anderson. Um, <laughs> Joss Whedon? Joss Whedon. There we go. Joss Whedon's movies. I mean, uh, they just... Same with uh, Johnny Depp in, in Tim, Burton. Tim Burton's movies. Yeah, there you go. Um, another option is to uh, hire a casting director. We did this uh, for a short that we had we produced uh, during I – was, I was just graduated from college. You were still had a year left. Um, it was a pan- – I think you still had a year left because no. it was my sophomore year. You sure about that? Pretty sure. Um, maybe okay. Maybe not. whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we hired a real casting director who had real credits and and connections with agents and stuff like that. And, and that so, led to some decent named people for a student film. Yeah. So we had uh, Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World in there. We had um, from God. What is that movie? Commando. Uh, is that uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Vernon G. Wells. Vernon G. Wells. The villain from Commando. Yep. The the greatest villain of all time because oh he wore uh, a chainmail vest. Yeah. If I recall. Yep. And he wielded a boot <laughs> knife. Yeah. Oh, his death scene is still one of the best death scenes ever. Um, so good. I also, think he was also in uh, Mad Max or something. Oh, let me see. So I, I, have it, I have it up. Um, let me see. Vernon Wells. He was in, oh my God, he's a beast of a man. And he's fantastic. I love, oh my God. He is in, wait for this, wait for this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. 30 projects that are either completed, post-production, filming, pre-production, or announced. Wow. <laughs> but he was in, let's see. Dude's on fire. The dude, yeah, I mean. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who knows which one, Six Feet Down Under, um, The Horde. Uh, I mean, he's been in so many. He's, you know, he's he's just the guy who's always a working actor. He will just take a role. But we also had Mr. Jack Betts. Jack Betts. From Spider-Man, um, Eight Millimeter, Gods and Monsters, Batman and Robin as party guest. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the hiring of the casting director was, A, to help the process, because we were all just students, and B, to... Uh, um, uh, to kind of get the connections to bigger name people who we may not be able to have a connection to because we were just film students. Yeah, uh, I, I swear to God it was after my senior year because it was supposed to be uh, spring break my senior year, but then it got pushed back. And I remember on graduation day, or my family was in town, and it was either the day before or after graduation, I was making phone calls for it. I could have sworn. Maybe. Maybe it was right after because it was right before <clears throat> I shot Seer. Yeah. Which I guess... Yeah, that was your... That was, that was my junior year? No, it wasn't Seer after the daughter? No. No, no, that's right, that's right. Oh, that's right, because uh, 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 Angus wanted me to be first AD on that because of being first AD on Wonderful Death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Who knows? Uh, it's Who all knows? blur. It's, it's all blur. It um, but that is one thing you can do. You can hire a casting director. They have connections with the uh, agents and all that, and so that might increase your chances of getting a bigger name star, even if you have a lower budget. Yeah, and then as a last resort, I suppose, you could uh, send directly to an actor's representation. You know what? It's a long shot. It's funny. Uh, Bill Murray doesn't have an agent. He just has a 1-800 number that you call to get... Yeah, um, you got to pitch him on it. Yeah, you got to pitch him on it, and he may or may not listen to it. I think uh, uh, Coppola um, 
who's the daughter? Sophia. Sophia Coppola called him, I think, 25 times about loss in translation. Um, and just kept leaving messages and he never listened to them and he finally did and that, that's history. But uh, if you do get an IMDb Pro account, a lot of the times they'll tell you who the representation is for the uh, um, uh, the actor. For the actor and you yeah. can get an email address and you can, you know. Or a phone number and call. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And if you're really tricksy, you can pretend to be – uh, your own manager and do that. Uh, I did that for a little bit. I created a website for uh, Alex's wife and for our friend John's wife, now wife, uh, DSG Management. So it looked like they yeah. had management. And uh, I have uh, I have momentous talent. Oh, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Momentous talent. I like that. <laughs> Dang. I think I still have DSG. Uh, that was Dragon Sticky and Malibu. That's, that's right. What it was we were in right. we were in London, New York. No, London, Chicago, and Los Angeles. I didn't yeah. do that bougie New York. I think I think momentous is in New York and also Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Um, so yeah, that's that's the kind of the ways to go through casting. Um, it's a tricky process because um, you know as much as they hate to say it, it, it you know even if your story's great, it lives and dies by the acting. And so yeah. If you feel you got the directing chops and the filmmaking chops, but you don't get good actors because your uh, your process of picking the actors was uh, skewed, uh, you're gonna have a gonna have a bad film. Uh, people tend to notice bad acting, and then they blame the director sometimes. Of like, oh, that's yeah. just the director. And I've heard a lot of directors say that you know the majority of directing comes down to casting. Yeah, and- because at the end of the day, uh, if you find the right actors who you can kind of just let go to do their thing, and they're that good. Um, it just makes your life easier. You've done most of the work, you know, as a director working with actors anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so then you can focus on other things. Yep. 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 Um, good. Yeah. So that'll about do it for this, uh, this whole main subject. So now we're going to get to the what's cool. So Alex, you can start us off. Oh, righty. I'm going to start with the, Adamus Shinobi SDI. We're pretty stoked about this. Super stoked about this. It is um, in response to uh, feedback about the Adamus Shinobi HDMI, yeah. um, which was HDMI only. This one has both HDMI in mm. and SDI in and out. Ooh, in and out. I like in and out. Um, which is I great. And it's it's one of their uh, monitors only. Yep. So no recorders, no fan noise. No fan noise, which, which is, is one of the things solid. we don't like about the Atomist, but it's a nineteen twenty by ten eighty touchscreen, which mm. is kind of cool. So I I've used um, the Shogun and all that, mm-hmm. and I've used other products like Small HD. Yeah, I like the touchscreen of the Shogun a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the Small HD gets kind of annoying with like the little joystick and like different pages yeah. of stuff. Yep. So I, I I don't hate on the touchscreen, although it's one of those things that could fail. Yeah, exactly. That's which and, I don't like. Which I, I don't like. But uh, what I do like also about the Adamus Shinobi is we were had this we had this issue when we were uh, shooting our pilot, and that is like the small HDs tear through batteries. We oh, were yeah. trying to do batteries every mm, probably. 45 minutes we had to switch out batteries this they say if you are on standby you can do it all day but if you have a big beefy sony battery you can do a six hour shoot with one battery which (laughs) huge that's awesome like give me that like all day i like Um, that a lot love that a lot love that a lot also it's uh 10 bit which is nice Mm -hmm. 
It's pretty bright. Let's see. what? How many nits was it? <laughs> You're a nit. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. It's a thousand nit. Ooh. Wait, is that right? I don't know. Uh, we like this. We like the, the look um, of this so much that we switched out from our gear list of what we're going to buy with everything, all the money we get from selling. That um, we switched out the small HD fives for the Shinobis because um, we're five hundred threes, which are nice, nice. Um, but yeah, we switched out for this one. Yep. It has the Atom HDR mode, which I really like. Yeah, I like that for too for our camera, and it supports log uh, log formats, and you can load LUTs mm-hmm. um, through an SD card, so you don't have to hook up anything via USB. So, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it looks great. It has like yeah. the little rubber guard around it, like yep. usual. Yep, um, um, pretty cool. Big fan. Two, please, uh, Adamus. If you're listening to this, two, please. Two, please. <sighs> I got that. Okay, me and Alex, if you know, if you listen to this podcast, we are fans of horror. We are fans of sci-fi. Guess what we're even more fans of? Horror sci-fi. Oh, uh, my God. A high school in New Jersey did their class play Alien. Mm-hmm. And they did all the costumes and sets and props out of recycled materials, and it looks sick. Yeah. The the Xeno Queen, the Xenomorph Queen. Oh, Oh, cool. that looked really cool. They did a really good job. Love it. Love Alien. And I think Ridley Scott and Sigourney Weaver reached out and was like, you guys killed it. Like, yeah. awesome. So cool. Awesome. 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 So that I was- saw the face hugger pop out of the egg. Oh. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's fantastic. There's a link to the, the article about it. Uh, but if you just do uh, New Jersey High School Alien Class Play, you'll see some really cool footage that'll make you go, damn it, these kids are awesome. I feel like they probably didn't get the rights, though. No, probably not. No, no. But- Whatever. I mean, really, Scott, if he likes it, then it's like, it's one of those things, like, like, here's the deal. They could pay for the rights. They could not pay for the rights and just do it just f- to give you publicity. I mean, it's a, it's a 20-year-old movie. Yeah. Or they could just be like, well, the rights are too expensive. We're going to pass. And so it's like, why won't you just give it to them? They're not going to, they're not trying to make a million dollars off it. They're just trying to pay, pay for their next performance. Like, let them do it. Let them do it. And it's awesome. I think think that was so sweet. All right. What do you got? All right. Uh, The Alexa Mini Mm -hmm. LF. What does LF stand for, Alex? Large format. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It was just announced. Yeah. Um, So it's the large format Alexa LF sensor in the Alexa Mini body. Yeah. Which is cool. All you guys who are familiar, the Alexa Mini is like... Got the same goods inside a smaller package for a little bit of uh, gimbal <laughs> work. Or, that's about me. Yeah, that's true. I've heard her. Um, so, you know, it's Netflix approved, of course. Uh, Ultra HD up to 60 frames per second. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, it uses Codex Compact Drives, mm, okay. which they okay. say are cost efficient, but are uh, not. No, they're not. Compared um, to what is the question? Yeah, compared to like uh, a CF card? No, not at all. Um, let's see. It's got a new viewfinder. Okay. High resolution, high contrast viewfinder. Love it. Love it. Uh, internal motorized uh, ND filters. Okay. It's great. Nice. Love that. Um, and then a wide input voltage range for operation with standard 12 volt V lock and gold mount batteries. All right, all right. Not bad. I mean,. Cool. Alexas are still the 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 unicorns of uh, the filmmaking world. Everyone wants an Alexa. Everyone wants to shoot on Alexa. It's all about Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. And so um, I think that's cool. Um, of course, it's going to cost a shitload, but hey, 
large format Alexa, uh, Alexa color color scheme. I love it. Give yeah. it to me. Give it to me. Let me see if um, let me see if there's a a price on here. Is there a price? I thought there was. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be announced at NAB. The price. Maybe. It probably will be um, because of course. So the uh, codex drives, by the way, are. <sighs> 1,940 euros. I hate you. Which is... And then you need the the reader. The reader uh, and the adapter. It does have the PL to LPL adapter, which is cool for the lenses, and a built-in microphone for syncing, but uh, everything's so expensive. So it says Mm -hmm. in this particular article, a workable Alexa Mini LF package is probably going to set you back at least 70 to 80,000 US dollars. So... Yeah, because... It's quite a lot. Yeah. Whew. Quite a lot. Yeah, people love their Alexis. So. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's getting too saturated in the market. We had a friend who bought an Alexa thinking he was going to rent it all the time and didn't. Now he's forcing it around uh, upon well, people. Well, to be fair, uh, he bought an Amira, which was oh. a big mistake. Yeah. Because they're the same camera, but you can't say it's an Alexa. Yeah, and that's what people want. Um, I got the Lumix S1 Upgrade. So they uh, Panasonic announced uh, a while ago that they're going to upgrade, do a firmware upgrade on the Luminex, Lumix uh, S1. Now, they didn't say when it was going to happen, but it's, now they've released it's going to be in July. Now, a little pet peeve of mine, a little um, bristle, bristle my feathers a little bit. It's a paid upgrade, so you have to pay for it to be upgrade and yeah. unlock features, which it sounds like the features are already in the camera. It's just unlocking it. Yeah, it's just a line of code again. Uh, somebody hack Flashback it, please. Flashback yeah, to no, actually, the Sony F5. Since we were able to get such good corporate pricing for our GH5S, don't hack it. Pay it, Panasonic. They're a yes, great company. Exactly, they are. Pay, 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 pay. Uh, but what it does is it unlocks 422 10-bit 4K 24P 30P internal video recording, 422 10-bit 4K 60P HDMI output, and full V-Log recording. So... Um, nice. You'll be able to unlock some more features for your Lumix uh, DC S1 mirrorless camera. And they said that's going to be dropping in July. But as uh, was when they first released the news of the firmware and didn't give you a time, they're not releasing the price. So they it, it's, uh, it's unknown how much this will cost to upgrade your camera. But uh, look for it yeah. if you're a Lumix S1 owner. Or potential owner. Or potential owner, yeah. All right. I saw Sony announced the 4K RX02 Mark II, uh, which is this cool Sony's little. It's it's not really a GoPro competitor because it's not really an action camera, mm-hmm. but it's that it's that size okay. and form factor. Um, it has a little Zeiss uh, 24 millimeter lens, okay, which is cool. It's not as wide. It's not like fishy like the the GoPro. But it's mm-hmm. wide enough to get some good stuff. Um, and it has this new version, the 4K version. Okay. Has a little flippy screen. Ooh, a flippy screen. They don't have many of those. To where you can see it when you're shooting yourself. Because they're, they're marketing this towards vloggers. It's okay. like a little vlogging camera. Okay. That's not bad. It's super small, super yeah. portable. Records 4K internally, not bad. 30p. Not bad. Uh, with S-Log, too. Jeez. Which is pretty cool yeah um it has in-body stabilization now it's not as good i've seen some footage yeah it's not as good as the new gopro stabilization yeah which really killed it which is amazing yeah um but you know 
good for yeah. walking around. Yeah. Um, it has an external microphone jack, which the GoPros do not, which is a mystery to me. And it can actually <laughs> use an external recorder? It can? Yeah. Look at that. Uh, oh, you're right. Uncompressed and, 4K output? What? Yeah, crazy. And uh, it's waterproof up to 33 feet. Wow. Um, and you can shoot, well, you can shoot like 960 frames per second, but in SD, I think. I think you can shoot 120 or 240. Okay. Um, in HD. Not bad. Not bad. Now, the one drawback, I, I looked at all the videos and stuff uh-huh. for this. Oh, also, I'll mention it has like a cool grip that you can, like a, a an accessory you can get for it that's a grip. Uh-huh. That um, has record function and, oh, nice. and zoom. Oh, uh, nice. A zoom rocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. And then the leg, and then the, the grip flips out into a small tripod. Nice. Which is kind of cool. So I like it a lot for vlogging mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. It seems to be great. Um, the one sort of drawback I can see to it is it doesn't have autofocus. Mm. Um, in that you can autofocus before you start recording by um, half-pressing the record button. Mm. But then once you start rolling, yeah. you can't, it won't, it doesn't uh, adjust focus. Yeah. So it's kind of like a fixed focus at that point, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But if you're just vlogging and holding it out at yourself and it's, you know, it's an F4 lens, um, so... You know, for the most part, it shouldn't be too bad, but you can still get some good depth of field, which is nice. Um, cool. Anyway, it's a yeah. pretty cool little thing. And I, they I make some accessories for it where you can like add ND filters and all and do all sorts of no, things. It stuff. says you have to get a, a cage for ND filters. Yeah. Uh, but I did notice it's only 35 minutes of recording time, which right. sucks. And it's almost twice the price of a GoPro Hero 7 Black. That's correct. That's crazy. It's. It's seven hundred dollars. Yeah, compared to yes. the four hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. Uh, still, it's still a cool option though. I do like the flip out monitor. That is cool. That's, That's cool. a huge thing. That's one thing that GoPro I think has always sucked at mm-hmm. is is their monitor. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, and also, I personally have never ever loved the GoPro user experience. Um, you know, it's like single button. To push, mm-hmm. and you have to push it multiple times to cycle through menus, and then yeah. there's like a back button that's not actually a back button. So it's like you hit the menu button, and then you hit the menu button again to like cycle through, and then you hit the record button to like enter. And it's like, why aren't there just like dedicated buttons <laughs> for navigating Come the menu? Come on, I can figure this out. Why can't you go pro? Jeez, I know. Anyway, so I don't know. It's interesting. Kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, no, very cool, very cool. Um, I got, my last one is the Lupo Super Panel Dual Color 60. So the Lupo came out with um, the uh, Lupo Super Panel 1x1 in 2016, and it was super bright. So now they just released their 2x1, and it's a dual color. So it does, you know, it does the spectrum between 3200 and 5600. It can be runoff batteries, and um, it's pretty light. Um, it's not like your sky panel weight. Um, and here's the kicker. When it is 5,600K at a distance of one meter. Wow, I really stumbled on that meter. One meter. There we go. 
It is 69,000 lux. One meter? At one meter. All right. That's pretty bright. It's pretty bright, but I mean, one meter. Yeah, that's at one meter. But I mean, I'm trying to figure out what the... Most photometric uh, things start at like three meters. But yeah, a lot of them do that. The one meter test. Yeah. Um, I think you could get like a flashlight to be like 10,000 lux at one meter. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the comparison (laughs) to the sky panel is. Um, I forget... Uh, 10,000 at one meter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's six times as bright as a sky panel, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Now, of course, you know, sky panel has... Um, I wonder, though, because, again, like, do they have the whole um, photometrics laid out? Because I wonder what the falloff is like, you know, at three and five and mm, ten meters. Yeah, let me see if I'm looking here. Foot candles, fifty seven hundred. It kind of looks like a um, the light panel Astra, but like two of them side by side. Yeah, yeah, and well, you can actually do half and half, so you can make it a one by one. Interesting. Uh, if you have a battery only on one half of it, um, but yeah, so I mean, I I can't see the full fall off of it, um, but it uh, it's pretty freaking bright, and for the price compared to a sky panel, not bad. Um, and it can run off batteries very easily. Um, it comes with a bu- you can buy a bunch of accessories for it. It's seventeen hundred and ninety dollars for the two by one. Um, so you know, uh, like a, a soft panel one by two or two by one is uh, nineteen hundred. Kinoflow Celeb is twenty eight hundred. Um, so that kind of stuff. But uh, it's not it's not RGBW, which sucks and almost shocking that you know that people are still making only bicolor. But yeah. Sucker's bright. Sucker's bright. It is bright. It's so, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, the people seem to be impressed by the output of it, especially when it's hooked up to batteries. So. Oh. Yeah. Nice. I like I do wonder, you know, this is a thing with lots of LEDs out there, including mm-hmm. the hives that we have. Yep. Um, just looking at this fixture, you can see two large fans, fans on yep. the back. Yep. So I wonder how how loud those are. I know, I know. I don't want. I mean, granted, if it's that bright, you might be able to pull back a little bit and not get the noise pick up. True. But uh, I mean, I hate fans, but you got to cool them somehow. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 All right. What's your? You got one more? I got one more. Oh, I'll get it. One more. Okay. So, um, those of you who are gimbal fanatics <laughs> um, have probably noticed all the single-handed gimbals that have been coming out. Uh, well, Tiffin. Mm-hmm. The people who now own Steadicam have made the Tiffin SteadyMate S, which is for single-handed gimbals, and it's basically a vest and arm like a regular Steadicam mm-hmm. and a, a, a small like half-sled weight system um, that you can attach to your single-handed gimbal yeah. to create... Like a combo Steadicam gimbal Oh, that's cool. Experience. That's really cool. Um, which is cool. Um, it's like the, the super high-end uh, Steadicams these days do mm-hmm. have gimbals on them, and they can hold, like, Alexas and, like, big cameras and whatnot. So this is kind of like, it seems, the prosumer version of that. That's cool. Uh, which could be cool for a lot of people if you're, if you're into that type of deal. I'm starting to uh, myself um, 
sort of lean towards the idea of just having a regular steady cam from all the stories I've heard over and over again about people uh, using like the Ronin or the Movi and it just failing on the set and they can't even use it. I mean, we just sold our Osmo and it was giving us head headaches. Yeah. Um, or remember when we went and shot that VR stuff with Brandon? Yeah, they couldn't uh, get the Ronin to work. They couldn't get the Ronin to work because they had 3D pr- – they were putting – they were doing like a – a 360, so they had two GoPros next to each other, back-to-back with fisheye lenses that would take all 360. Uh, each would take 180. And the thing that they had 3D printed wasn't heavy enough. So as it was correcting to, to self-balance, it would then overcorrect because it didn't have enough weight to hold it down. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that I'm just like, man, I'm kind of with you. I think maybe just a Steadicam would be much better than... than I mean, Dealing again, with all that headache, it's like, it's mechanical. Yep. Computerized, yeah. Versus like computerized, so there's bound to be like software issues, yeah. failures, and like the electronics. Whereas if you don't have the electronics, that's just one less thing to fail. And we had uh, we worked three hours to try and <coughs> excuse me uh, to work. We tried three hours to update the firmware on the Osmo. Yeah, and it, it just like absurd. And yeah. Then also, we used to have um, back in the day. You may remember, I think they still make stuff, uh, Defy, which was known for yeah. um, for like their cable cams. We used to yeah. have their G5, which was one of their early gim- like um, mm-hmm. movie competitor gimbals. Um, and that was cool. Yeah. Worked for the most part. But we, we sent it off with one of our friends to shoot a production while we were out of town. And um, something in the electronics box um, just kind of like collapsed in. So like... It needed. It was the power cord. It was the uh, it was the mini USB port. It yes. Just, it, it just by too much. In. Yeah, by pushing too much, putting too many cables into it, it bent and fell into the box. Yeah, and and so it was useless at that point. I mean, we were able to fix it, but for them, it was a day of not being able to use the gimbal. Yeah. And it's so stupid. And I think I'm going more and more towards a steady cam, like you said, because these things fail. I mean, didn't we? We just rented uh, our, our, easy rig. our easy rig to a guy who yeah. was going to use it with a Ronin. Um, I, he returned it to me. I said, hey, how'd the shoot go? Or how'd it work out for you? And he was like, well, I don't know. We couldn't get the Ronin to work, so I never used it. There you go. It's like, it's that's, like that's just the never-ending story of, of gimbals. Maybe, maybe someday down the line, uh, they'll be like foolproof. But man, that just sucks. Yeah, like the more things get complicated, the more cooler they are. The more they have working behind the scenes that could fail. Yeah, that's why. That's why the the uh, Shinobi worries me. That touchscreen fails. You're SOL. That's true. But However, um, I think buttons also fail. That's true. I have a GoPro right now where one of the record button doesn't work. It's great. Fantastic. Great. It's for sale. It's, it's for physical, sale. It's a physical button. Yep. Uh, you can actually use the touchscreen on the little. Uh, touchscreen backpack and that works yeah. but not the physical button so there you go it is um, for sale if you guys want to purchase it yep <laughs> also um, I think that's why you know as much as I love LED stuff mm-hmm. there is something about tungsten because it's just so simple it's like it's like three wires yeah. to a socket yeah. with a bulb yeah and, and that's if why it you breaks just- you can easily fix it like I'm not really electronically proficient, but I fixed like five of them yeah. and they work fine. And 
I mean, look at how what happened when you had the HMI that you tried to fix. You almost shocked yourself. My gosh. Um, but at the same time, that's why tungsten still sells. We were able to buy tungsten super cheap from a uh, uh, institute that was going out of business, Brooks Institute. Yeah. And we were able to sell it for so much more than we bought it for because people still want tungsten. Yeah, and it's great. And it's great. Tungsten, I mean, when you're talking about CRI, you can't beat it. Nope. I Color mean, rendition is great. It's just hot and inefficient. That's yeah, and you can't run off of power, and that it doesn't work for, you know, no budget filmmakers, but it's still the best. It's great. Anyway. Yeah, I think that'll do it. But man, now I'm all depressed about the stuff we're going to buy. So it's going to break and be useless. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 47. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, give us a five-star Please. rating if you feel so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, we're still waiting for more questions so we can do a whole episode of questions. Ask away in the comments section and we'll try to answer them or hit us up on Facebook at Cinema Summit. Also, don't forget to head on over to fearlessfilmmakers.com. Yeah. Oh, got it. To join our growing community of filmmakers. Fearlessfilmmakers.com. That's right. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Later. Peace.